Today's sponsor for TFE is brought to you by Amazon's Audible.com service, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio. Welcome everybody back to TFU Radio Trinidad episode 2 for Saturday covering Sunday, November 7th and 8th, 2020. I'm your humble host and narrator, James Strength Navarro. Welcome to all my fellow Trinidadians as we talk everything Trinidad in this particular show. Of course, we have TFU Radio Uncut and Uncensored, TFU Radio Wrestling, and of course here, TFU Radio Trinidad. Welcome, welcome back. Thank you very much to everybody who listened to the shows last week. Halloween night, I hope you all had a very safe and somewhat fun Halloween. I know certain things and um, when it comes to Halloween has been closed down and shut down because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, that's something I always wanted to try out was see what it would be like to have one of my favorite, I should. I think it should be a holiday. I think it should be a day off, especially for horror fans. Halloween should be a day off. And in Trinidad, oh my God. You know how in Mexico they have Dia de las Muertes, where it is the Day of the Dead, and it's like a, like it's a holiday. Uh, and then people celebrate the, their loved ones that they've lost and whatnot, and they dress up. And it basically looks like... No disrespect. It looks like Halloween for the dead. Like you, you know, the skull paintings on the face and and then just looking like the Grim Reaper and things of that nature. I think that should be an, an actual holiday is Halloween. And I would like to experience, as I was saying, I would like to experience Halloween in Trinidad. I don't know what it's like to be in Trinidad at that time. In October, I've never been in Trinidad in October. Um, had I lived in Trinidad for the rest of my life, uh, I would have obviously have experienced what Halloween Trinidad would be like, but I'm not sure. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know everything about everything when it comes to uh, certain ways of life and certain things that happen in Trinidad. You know, I've always asked family, asked friends, whoever lives in Trinidad to this day, you know, What's this like? What's that like? You know, I've always wanted to experience Halloween in Trinidad. I've always wanted to experience Christmas in Trinidad. I've always wanted to experience Diwali in Trinidad, which Diwali is coming up, uh, you know, next Saturday. So um, all my fellow Hindus, I would like to experience these things uh, being back home. And, and uh, Halloween is one of those things. So I didn't get a chance to actually tell any of you guys uh, in this particular show, uh, what horror movies to look out for to watch. Because I know a lot of you are horror fans that live in Trinidad or who are Trinidadian and just so happen... Sorry, you're horror movie fans, but you just so happen to be Trinidadian. So, you know, there was a bunch of movies that I had covered. I believe it was... Um, it was the first episode, the very first episode of this 
Network, which was TFU Radio Uncut and Uncensored last week, where I did the second segment. Go back and listen to it. It's on, on uh, all of our platforms, including starting with our main platform, which is Anchor. All of our platforms are main, but Anchor is literally our anchor. It is where we uh, the show gets pushed uh, onto first, and then it goes to all the other big platforms. And of course, as you know, as you heard last week, and you're here every week, we're over 65 platforms. As I said, Trinidad, we made it. We are on some of the biggest platforms that this world has to offer, including iHeart and Podbean, you know, Stitcher, TuneIn, you know, uh, Spotify, so on and so forth, Deezer. And we have a few more announcements coming when it comes to. Uh, more added distribution sites for our 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 network coming up, uh, but that will be next week. It won't be this week. I do know which ones that we have been added to and that we are now a part of. But again, I don't want to overwhelm all of you. But this is straight Trinidad talk. But I always wanted to experience Halloween in Trinidad, and during that particular episode last week. Episode 1 of Uncut and Uncensored. Again, you can go back and listen to it. I went over the top 10 favorite horror movies of mine. And I wanted to actually say, repeat some of those movies that I would hope that some of you fellow Trinidadians or fellow West Indians or whatever. Again, if you're not Trinidadian, but you still have an interest in learning about Trinidad and getting my perspective about things, that you would go ahead and, and you would check out some of these movies. So I'll just mention them quickly, even though we're about a week moved removed from Halloween. Um, I mentioned Exorcist was the number one movie. Um, there was That's one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's arguably my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I know it's kind of, you know, kind of fucked up that you would say, oh, Oh God, this boy, his favorite movie is an exorcist movie, is exorcist, you know, possession and the devil and all kind of thing. But yes, the exorcist is my favorite movie of all time. Scariest horror movie of all time and scariest movie period of all time. Absolutely. Um, the Shining, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original from 74. Uh, what, there was a Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. There was A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984, the original. There was Friday the 13th Part 6 uh, from 1986. There was Psycho from 1960. There was, uh, what else was there? Um, there was The Horror Show, which is an honorable mention, although it should have been a part of my top 10 list uh, from 1989. Uh, there was also, of course, Halloween, the original from 1978, um, and there was a few others that I might have, I might miss right now. My memory just serves me, but that's most of the the list. But uh, those are the movies that I really thoroughly enjoy to watch. I try to watch them every Halloween. Unfortunately, this past Halloween, uh, last week, I didn't get a chance to really watch anything Halloween-wise because I was too busy trying to put this network out and get it there on time before Halloween was actually over. Um, But anyhow, having said that, if you had seen some of those movies, God bless you. (laughs) But um, I hope that you all had a good Halloween. You had a good week. I hope uh, everything in Trinidad, for some of you that live in Trinidad listening uh, from Trinidad, listening to this show, I hope everything's good with all of you. I got a chance to touch base with my, uh, some of my loved ones over the last few days. Uh, you know, things are the way they are still. You know, obviously the country's on lockdown. You can't come in and out of the country. Uh, it's unfortunate because there are th- still thousands. I-, I think there is at least 
yeah, at least a thousand or more people. I think there's more than a thousand people that are stranded abroad that cannot come back into the country because of uh, Dr. Keith Rowley, you know, the prime minister of Trinidad, who has said, uh, you know, Trinidad's on lockdown. You can't come in and out unless you're his cricket team, of course. But anyhow, that's another story for another day. It's unfortunate. Uh, I do hope that we get a chance to uh, open up the borders, uh, not just in Trinidad, but all over the world so that we can finally start to travel again. But again, this is all conducent of the pandemic being over with, or I, I just want it to be over with because as long as it still lingers, as long as you know restrictions are in place and the social distancing and what we call the new norm is in place, that means you know nothing else is going to be able to be available to us including flying so i want it to be over a hundred percent like you know from my my mouth to god's ears you know i think we all want it to be completely a hundred percent over so that we could finally start traveling again period just traveling without any restrictions without the mass without the sanitizing blah 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 you know things that as i said there's the new norm once that those those borders open and the gates to those those uh, those flights happen. You will see an influx. So I would suggest that maybe it's the best time to fly is when things have sort of died down a little bit. Because you know a lot of people, you know, are stockpiling their trips and stockpiling their vacations and stockpiling, you know, moving to to, to different places to go and travel and whatnot. So um, you know you're going to see an influx of people obviously at the airports jam packing everywhere from trinidad to toronto from toronto to trinidad and so on and so forth so i suggest maybe once everything is finally a hundred percent over god willing knock on wood that we finally get a chance to travel without any restrictions and freely like how we used to and that you maybe might want to wait a little bit before you start to actually travel um I really think that if you do start to get choked up with everybody in the airports, there's a chance that things could happen again with this whole virus. But let's not talk about the positive. Let's put, sorry, excuse me. Let's not talk about the positive. Let's talk about, not talk about the negative. Let's talk about the positive. The positives, I am looking forward to seeing my family and my loved ones in Trinidad finally after so long. Uh, again, for me, and I will get into this in the second segment. Uh, my time in living in Trinidad. Again, I am a born uh, Trinidadian Canadian, Canadian Trinidadian, however way you want to phrase it. You know, I am, uh, in case of you didn't tune in last week, I, I suggest you tune in and go back to our, uh, uh, the beauty of having an archive now. We, we only have a couple shows in the can, but this is our second episode of this show. You can go back and listen to uh, basically what I'm mixed of. Of course, some of you have reached out and, and, uh, you know, started to follow me on social media. Thank you for that. Have donated. Thank you for that. And, you know, helping the show out. Thank you for that. Thank you to everybody who listened last week to the launch of the network. Everything was successful. You know, as the numbers continue to grow, it will be based off of me being able to engage all of you. And of course, consistency, keeping a consistent schedule every week. Every week, every Saturday, you will get three episodes of three different shows. You can listen to them all at once or one after the other, or you could take your time, listen to one, listen to two, listen to three, or you could just listen to none. And if you listen to none, see ya. But I suggest and I strongly urge you to stay tuned and stay locked to TFE Radio Trinidad and all the other shows under the TFE Radio Network. Having said that, as I said, I am gearing up eventually when the borders open to come back 
to Trinidad for the first time in over 23 years. Unfortunately, if this lockdown continues to happen the way it is, and it is going to be in place until 2022, it's going to be 25 years at that time that I've last been in Trinidad. Can you imagine? That is terrible. That will also be the last time I've had a vacation. And again, the lockdown is conducent to what's happening in the world right now and spiking cases and this, that, and the third. So obviously, I won't be taking any vacations from now until then if nothing is available. Uh, I really don't want to do nothing else except for go to Trinidad, to be honest. My love and my passion. Trinidad is my home from home. And it is, I wouldn't even say it's a second home. I would say uh, Toronto, because it's where I live and where I was born, that it is, I say, I say Toronto is like, um, you know, one is, is, is home number one and Trinidad is like, you know, home number one A, if you understand what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even list it as a number two home. I list it as like number one, but you know what I mean? I threw in a grade in there. So it's A, of course. So anyhow, um, Trinidad is, is, is a home away from home. Toronto is the first home and then Trinidad is the first 1A home, if you understand. So um, I just, I, I, I am missing, I am missing back home. I am missing being on a vacation. Again, I haven't had one in over 23 years. You know, it's, it's been a long, long journey. A lot of things have happened. A lot of those stories that I will share with you in this particular show, of course, because this is the show where I can just kind of be myself a little bit more than anything. I mean, I'm myself on the other shows, but I get a chance to just be my Trini self. As I was mentioning, I was about to say, I, you know, I could just be my, my uh, half Spanish Trini, half Indian Trini self, you know, um, with a little bit of the 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 afro caribbean blood in my in my system as well cuz um you know we have black in our bloodline as well we have brown of course and we have you know uh other brown which is would be hispanic but i'm very proud of my trinidadian heritage very very proud hence why i'm i'm doing this show uh, i don't i still haven't seen anything like it out there i, I hope i am setting a trend here and that um you know, the call to action, as I kind of put it uh, last week, was that I hope that a lot of you, you know, put out there as a Trinidadian, no matter where you live in the world, that you get on the YouTube, you get on the social media, you become an influencer, you become a, a, a content provider, you do all these things and you let people know you are Trinidadian, but you have a brain, that you are educated, that you, you're common sense smart, you're, you're, you're street smart, you're book smart, you know, and then and, and, and you're creative and, and you show people that Trinidadians can do amazing things, you know. And that we, as the Trinidadian people, can show the world that, yes, we may come from a, a, a tiny island with, you know, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1 1.5 million people, but we can kick some ass. And as I said, we're the one of the most, we're, I think, we're one of the most influential countries on the planet. So I really think that if you hear us, or you see us, and you see and hear us more on this thing that we call content creation, you will understand that we are one of the best to do it out there. We're some of the most creative and people will really understand that, you know, we're not just all song and dance and, you know, and, 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 and soca and, 
and Calypso and all that. We are more than that. We are. We could be serious. We could be funny. We could be talented. We're not just, you know, we're not just Calypso singers and all that. You know, we can do other types of music. We have all kinds of different ethnicities and race, color, creeds, and religions in Trinidad, and us showcasing that talent whether we can cook whether we are a podcaster whether we uh we create things in the case of um like roxy james who does all these like has her own little shop where she has like all her cool like uh paraphernalia for like for when you're in your office or uh you know you're you're doing business or whatever the case you know you're doing things like that or you're like Camille's Corner where you have, you know, sort of like a gossip talk show type of thing on YouTube. You know, Devin X who's into the technology and the photography and, and, and cars and things of that nature. Like we are diverse. You know, as I said, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, Chris De La Rosa, uh, Trini Cookie and Natasha, uh, Taste of Trini. They're, they're master chefs, they're master cooks. And, you know, they give you a taste of Trinidad. We need more of that. And as I said, we will continue to have more of that, hopefully. And I am encouraging all of you to be putting your talent on display. And, you know, who knows? It may just lead, especially if you live in Trinidad. Who knows? It may just lead for you to be getting a solid pass to leave the country and to go and travel and see the world. You know, Trinidad is your home base. And you may just be able to go and see the world and see what's out there. I mean, some of the, as I mentioned last week, I was going to mention that eventually there is a lot of very famous people that are Trinidadian. You know, Ramani Malko is one of them. Nia Long is one. Tatiana Ali is another. Uh, Cardi B is half Trinidadian. Uh, Foxy Brown is Trinidadian. Um, obviously, we know Nicki Minaj is Trinidadian. You know, obviously, Michelle Montano, the king of Trinidad, he's well, you know that anyway. Um, and I mentioned him because he is an international worldwide superstar and he represents Trinidad. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a whole lot of other people. I, I That's just the, the, from the top of my head. Um, but we, we, our roots are spread all, all over the world. You know, you cannot find a Trinidadian and they not be successful or be a prominent figure, whether it's in Hollywood or it's in sports or it's in politics or whatever the case may be. And speaking of politics, in case you didn't hear TFE Radio Uncut and Uncensored, congratulations to new presidential elect, the one and only Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the uh, vice president of the United States now. Uh, that was a... Um, Basically, a very clear-cut victory, straightforward. But congratulations to the Biden administration as they will take office in January 2021. But uh, we're going to keep it to just Trinidad because, uh, unfortunately, there is a lot of uh, infighting happening in Trinidad. And a lot of you who are going to learn the different aspects and my different perspectives about a different number of topics, all things Trinidad, as I mentioned, you will have an understanding that unfortunately there is a public feud that is going on and it's simmering down a little bit, but it's, it's, it's sore every so often, every day, it's sort of going up and down, but it is the aforementioned Dr. Keith Rowley, the Prime Minister of Trinidad, who recently, for those of you who don't know, was re-selected or elected, however way you want to put it. Uh, again, it's opinion. Uh, 
as prime minister for another term uh, back in August. I believe it was August 10th of this year. And the fight, the public feuding, is with the police commissioner, Gary Griffith. Gary Griffith, I feel, is a very stand-up man. I don't think that this is so much a black versus brown thing. I think it's just, you know, it's just a lot of infighting and a lot of pointing fingers at who's more corrupted and who is it the police service, is it the politicians? I mean, everyone's everyone's uh, in these sectors are going to have the bad apples. It is what it is. You know, this is not a pub, this is not a uh, this is a public secret is that Trinidad politics and Trinidad police force unfortunately there is a lot of bad apples. There is a lot of people that make the other solid stand-up people in those different fields look bad. And unfortunately, this video that came out with all this millions being taken on camera by one of the officers, by one or two of the officers, has landed obviously the police force into a lot of hot water. And Keith Rowley has decided that he wants to go outside of the country and prove that. Us politicians are not corrupted, but you police service people are corrupted. So we're going to bring in Scotland Yard. We're going to bring in people from from uh, from the UK and people from Barbados, law enforcement from outside to investigate. I think you should investigate within. But then again, he's doing that, I feel, as a political move. I really do feel like he's doing that as a political move to show people that, hey, look, you know, we're not corrupted in the interest of transparency. We're going to bring outside people and we're going to have them investigate. And the results are going to be, I would say, in our favor, meaning his favor and his administration to show that, hey, look, see, we did this on the up and up. We brought outside people and it's undeniable now. I think it's a strategic pivot. I really do think so. I think Gary Griffith, I'm sure that he has ousted those people or he's dealing with those people who were apparently on the take and took that money but you know it's like what i mentioned about the u.s presidency and being a president is that it's a thankless job you're not going to make a whole lot of money doing this i mean police officers in trinidad make quite a bit of money the coin that they make the politicians the coin that they make is substantial so stealing or thiefing as we say is not is not it's not necessary but I mean, you know, like it's when you go to a buffet, as I say, when I go to a buffet now, I used to be able to throw down at a buffet, but I mean, as I've gotten older and I've gotten wiser with my stomach, you know, my eyes are always bigger than my stomach. And that's unfortunately the problem with some of these bad apples. Their eyes are bigger than their stomach and they see that money, regardless if they're making already a very good living as a police officer, as a politician, as a, even as a doubles man or whatever the case greed will always unfortunately take over now this fighting that's happening between these two gentlemen is is it's it's become a bit of a shit show in trinidad if there's outside forces coming in to investigate the police force i think it should be even i think there should be a power in trinidad higher ups or whatever the case may be even if it's the police force if that's the case they should be able to hire people outside then if that's the case that this is the way Rowley wants to do it in the interest of his transparency or lack thereof that you 
should be able to bring in outside forces to investigate Rowley's administration and the government in Trinidad. I think it should be fair. I think it should be fair. I don't think it should be a giant shit show and a one-sided affair. I think it should be done where everybody is investigated, which is unfortunate because, you know, it is just unfortunate that we got to say that we got to investigate each other. But just to clear the air and to make people and the people and the countrymen that live and countrywomen that live in Trinidad at ease that we do not have a, a dem- we, we have a democracy that we don't have a dictatorship that we have transparency full transparency that the people of Trinidad and the people that are in power positions of power to run the country or to help run the country or are part of the overall bigger picture to run the country are on the up and up I mean it may be wishful thinking but let there be a cleanup, a good sweep of everything that is corrupted in Trinidad. Again, that may be wishful thinking. As they say, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I'm not saying that Rowley's administration is corrupted, but where there's smoke, there's fire. The police force, Gary Griffith inherited whatever issues that he took on as the commissioner. You can't say that he was corrupted. You know, you can't say that. You can't say that he was. But then again, you can't say anybody was until proven guilty, right? But it's become an open secret when you're in Trinidad that, you know, this one is on the take and this one is doing this and this one's doing that. This one's a racist. This one is, uh, you know, a bigot. This one is, you know, uh, is, 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 uh, is in someone's pocket, this one doesn't care about the people. This one does. You know, it's all a matter of opinion. You know, the most interesting conversation you can have is with a Trinidadian. And I'll tell you this, just in closing this entire little segment off. The most interesting conversation you could have with a Trinidadian is what they think about Trinidad. What do you think about the... Po- There's not one Trinidadian that I don't know from any walk of life from any age category that does not follow or hear something about what's happening back home. And every Trinidadian will have an opinion about it. If you are not Trinidadian and you are speaking to a a Trinidadian, a born Trinidadian, whether they born there or they were not, they were born abroad, they will have an opinion, right or wrong, about what's happening in Trinidad or what has happened in Trinidad over the last few decades or even the past few decades, or even more narrow down to the last five years, three, four, five years, there will be an opinion about what's happening back home. A lot of people who live abroad that are Trini will, will never forget their, their, their Trini roots, but a lot of them are turned off by what they see and what have they have seen either firsthand with family or friends or colleagues who are also Trinidadian, or what they see back home. Their experiences dictate if they want to have anything to do with with Trinidad, period. A lot of them I know that once they leave Trinidad, they just turn their back. They don't care to hear anything about Trinidad or anybody living in Trinidad, even if you have family there, even if you have friends there. It's unfortunate. But this is a mindset, though. This is not all necessarily because of what's happening in the country. 
as I said, this show, I'm going to give you a perspective. I'm going to give you all all forms of the of the angle here. I'm going to give you all the angles. I'm going to speak, you know, from not just my position, but from the position of other people. Now, I don't speak for everybody, obviously. Especially, I don't speak for everybody who is Trinidadian. But at least you will get with me a thorough, detailed account of what different people are saying and doing, thinking, feeling, acting, walking, and talking. You know, there will be no contradiction with me. You will understand from all sides, all angles, what this one's thinking, what this one's saying, why this person said this, why this person did that. And you will have a better understanding of why I say that this show is all about the good, the bad, and the ugly of Trinidad. So if you are non-Trinidadian, or even if you're Trinidadian, you want to test what I'm saying, sit down with a, a Trinidadian, especially if they live in Trinidad, and they will tell you some of the most interesting things about the country, some of the most interesting things about what goes on in their part of the city, the village, you know, town, or whatever the case may have you. And you will get a learning lesson and you will get a really solid opinion or you'll get a jaded opinion or you'll get something, but you'll get something out of someone who is Trinidadian, especially if they live in the country. And they will tell you a lot of things that you may not be ready for, but a lot of it, I would hope that once you do have that conversation with the Trini, again, living in Trinidad especially, you will learn a lot. And I hope that with this show, I can uh, educate a lot of you, again, about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right now, Trinidad is like how the United States and how the world is right now. It is a very tumultuous time. It is a very hostile time. It is a very panicked time. It's a very angry time, a very negative time. But like the States, Canada, and all over the, all over the world, all over the planet, I hope that Trinidad itself can also be cleaning up its own act as well. Because unfortunately, there is way too many bad apples in Trinidad that bring down the beauty and the loving nature of the Trinidadian people, the environment, the culture, the, the backdrop, everything. It is unfortunate, but it is what it is. And I hope that these two gentlemen, bringing it back to this now, I hope that Dr. Rowley and Commissioner Griffith, they can settle their differences, they can clean up this act of, you know, conspiracy and collusion and, and uh, corruption, the three C's, and in the interest of transparency, to give the people of Trinidad, the hardworking citizens there, something to be hopeful about and not have this opinion that everybody seems to have. Oh, the government is corrupted. Oh, the police force is corrupted. Everything in Trinidad is corrupted. It's time to change the record. It's time to, to just change the, 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 the narrative of the country finally. Because it's becoming either the stereotypical things, which it's always been, or it is the uh, it is the what we see now: murder, corruption, chaos, blah blah blah. But trust me, there is a lot of beauty in a country that is so. I would say, I, I guess, saying war torn is just too much of a of a phrase, but of a statement. Trinidad is one of the most beautiful, in my country, excuse me, I would say one of, I would say the most beautiful country with some of the most beautiful people. 
at some of the most beautiful landmarks, most beautiful like people, you know, women, men, children, animals, exoticness, reign supreme in the country. I mean, some of the most amazing things about the country, but it's being pa- it's being passed over and pushed to the back of what Trinidad's makeup and cosmetic look and 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 foundation is about. So once these two gentlemen on the top of the mountain there finally clear up their differences and we can finally clean and sweep away, not under the rug, but away for good, the corruption, the chaos, the nonsense, the bullshit, you will see finally the most beautiful country on the planet, Trinidad and Tobago, because let's not forget Tobago, because Tobago is a part of Trinidad, and you will see everybody flocking to the country again, everybody wanting to do business with the country again, or people wanting to do business with the country for the first time, whatever the case may be. But once Trinidad could finally clean up its own act, especially starting at the top with Rowley and Commissioner Griffith, then you will see, as I said, TNT will flourish and will flourish beyond beyond comprehension. I guarantee you that. So gentlemen, work out your differences. You know, cut out all the noise around you. Have a one-on-one conversation and try to work with the people that you need to work with in order to clean up your own acts, the country, rid the crime, rid the gun issues, the violence, and yes, there is a problem with suicide and you know mental issues that happen there as well. There's not enough help for that in Trinidad. But I hope with me bringing awareness to these certain topics with this particular show, this particular radio podcast show, that it will help to spark the change. And I hope it will help to spark the change in you, the people in Trinidad. Stand up for something or you will fall for everything. Having said that, gentlemen, please clean up your acts. Please get everything all in the straight and narrow once again, or for the first time. I mean, whatever way you want to look at it, again, it's a matter of opinion. And let's have some positivity finally. And let's bring the people back once those borders open. Let's bring the people back to Trinidad. Let's show the world that we are the most beautiful country on the planet. And having said that, we'll be back after these messages. A word from our sponsor, TFE Radio Trinidad. Amazon's Audible service is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio. That's www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio and get started today. Welcome back, everybody, to TFE Radio Trinidad, Episode 2. This is under the TFE Radio Network. I'm your humble host and narrator, James Strength Navarro. Welcome back once again. This is our our second segment, excuse me, easy for me to say. And I wanted to get into a segment that I hope to do uh, for the next little while during the course of this podcast. Uh, It's called When I Lived in Trinidad. And this is going to be part one of, uh, I guess, Hopefully, it's going to be a multiple uh, moments where I speak uh, about my time in Trinidad. But this is definitely going to be part one because this is going to be the beginning of when I lived in Trinidad. When I was eight years old, 
I will give you the backstory. So we're going to get right into this. So you have no time to go and, and, and do anything else except to go to the Latrin real quick during the commercial break. I hope that you heard the commercial anyhow. And you can uh, grab your doubles and your, your, your chubby or your solo or whatever the case may be. But it's story time. So when I lived in Trinidad, in January of 1987, I had moved to Trinidad. I will give you a bit of a backstory here. In 1986, in about November or December of 86, it was talks and it was plans having already been finalized that my mother, who was a born and raised Trinidadian, born in Cuva, Trinidad, and my stepfather, who she had just gotten married to, I believe in November of 86, uh, this Muslim Trinidadian uh, fellow, um, had gotten married and they got married in Trinidad, my mother was in Trinidad, and they were going to come up here and basically just liquidate everything and move myself and obviously themselves and the three of us as a little family and we're going to move to Trinidad forever. At least see how it worked out. So I was living at the time with my sisters who were born Trinidadians as well. They were born in Trinidad, I mean, um, and then my brother. So it was, the, it was us three, uh, my sisters and I, my brother, that's four, and then their uh, sister and brothers, our younger sister, our older, our, well, the sister's just about my age, and the, uh, the two brothers were younger than us. But I grew up closer in age to them, and I also grew up closer to them, funny enough. Um, I had a, uh, I would say, a, a longer, more fruitful better relationship with um you know their sister and brothers than well anyway i want to get into all that the point is is that we were all together in that apartment in the west side of toronto rexdale to be exact and their father who was like a father to me at the time as well um my mother had uh had my sisters and my brother with their father and then my mother had me with my biological father so anyway we were all sit down and chook up in this one apartment and it was a fun fun time i really did have a fun time i had my birthday uh in december of 86 i had one of my best friends that lived in the building came you know and i got all kinds of cool little things i think i might have posted a picture on instagram if you follow me on instagram at tfe navarro i think somewhere in there is there's a picture i had posted from that time or maybe i didn't i don't remember but eventually I would post it up or repost. Anyhow, the point is, is that at that time, I had a wonderful birthday. It was fun. You know, I, I cleaned up nice. I got a good little, good few gifts. I got a homemade chocolate cake. I got McDonald's, stuff like that. Um, I just had a, a birthday. Then in that same, basically about, you know, because my birthday is December 8th. And then 17 days later is Christmas, of course. So, you know, I always clean up. I always get, you know, a lot of stuff around in, in December, even to this day now. I always do very well when it comes to gifts or, you know, to, to, to messages and people calling and messaging and stuff like that and gifts and, uh, you know, whatever money or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, usually people want to give me that money to just spend it on myself for a change. Uh, but anyway, that's a different story. The point is... At that time, my birthday, Christmas had come about, had cleaned up real good for Christmas as well, 
you know, for those of you who know this, because I know you guys are not foreign to this, I got all my He-Man action figures. I got, uh, I think I got some wrestling action figures. Uh, I, I definitely got the He-Man stuff. I remember that. And at that time, it was then, it, we were literally about a, a few days or to a, a week or two before it was time to, uh, to pack up and move to Trinidad. My stepfather had come back. I believe he, he had lived in uh, Canada at one point. And I think he went to Trinidad. Or he, I, I don't know how the story goes. But anyway, it's irrelevant to the story at the moment. But him and my mother had come back. Got back into the apartment. Certain people had, had uh, left the apartment. So it was like basically me, uh, my sisters... I believe my brother and maybe, I think that was it probably. And then it was pack up time. So my stepfather packed us all up and shipped everything to Trinidad. Uh, so all my stuff went ahead of time, like my mother's and my stepfather's stuff, uh, including uh, some barrels and things of that nature. Like I remember I had one barrel. Uh, when I touched down in Trinidad, when it eventually showed up, it was like my uh, my action figures and my toys and all my, I would consider my prized possessions at the time. So at the time, when we got to Trinidad, I don't have any recollection of the flight. I think I was really just, I wouldn't say scared to death, because I was already a little badass anyway, you know, being in, uh, in Rexdale. You know, it's it's the hood, you know, so you become a badass or it's either you get you get stalled on or you do the stalling on people. You know, it's it's either killed or be killed. But um, anyway, I was already a little badass even when I had just turned eight years old. But I was like, you know, all my friends and all the, the family that I do know and I do uh, talk to or even whatever was happening at that time in that situation was here in Toronto. Of course, I knew that I was Trinidadian, but I was like, okay, well, we're going to move to where the place of my mother was born and my sisters were born and all my family were born, you know, for the most part. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, let's go. I didn't have a say in it. I was only eight years old. Um, I don't know what my mother and my stepfather were thinking, but when we got there, uh, like I said, I don't remember the flight. I don't remember what happened in the flight. I don't even remember if I was actually there it turned out years before. I think I was. Again, I have a document that sort of tells me that I was there before. Uh, but anyway, and maybe in the earlier 80, part of the 80s. But anyhow, once we got there, it was, it was just, it was a culture shock for me because now we're not visiting. Again, I don't know if I was visiting before, but it is now the place of where I'm going to live. So I'm going to be here permanently. So we actually stayed with my stepfather's sister. Uh, not long before that, her husband had passed away. And so she now had this big house, all these rooms. So my room was the end room. My room was the room at the end. So as soon as you go into the hallway... The first door on the left would be the master bedroom, as it was considered, which was my mother and stepfather's room. Then uh, maybe a door or two down, or maybe um, a few steps down, was my aunt's room. Then it was my room at the end. And then on the right-hand side was the kitchen, and then uh, the little 
uh, curve turn into where the open dining room area was, and of course the living room. So that's basically the lay of the land of the entire house. So my room was at the end, and I, I could not tell you this in any better way, but I really did feel very lonely. Because again, I had just touched down and I didn't know anybody in Trinidad. I really did not know anybody. And it was at the point now where it's like, man, all my friends, some of which I've reconnected with recently, thankfully, after some, after a couple of decades plus. But at the time I was like, oh, you know, this one, this one's not there. That's what, like, eventually I will name names, but um, I really did feel alone. I did. I really felt alone. Um, I felt like, you know, what am I going to do? Because I was a very, I mean, I, I, like I was more, um, what's the word? I was more in, I was more extroverted when it came to being in the streets, when it came to being around friends and other people. But I was introverted when it came to my mother, stepfather, you know, sisters, brother, this, that, and the third. You know, I, I, um, I didn't know how to act around any of them. I just kept my mouth shut the whole time, um, which ultimately would be a bad thing for me with all of them, but I took care of that eventually. Anyhow, I really was like, are we really going to stay here? Are we really going to live here forever? And I was like, you know what? I tried to make the best of it. I was making the best of it. I was missing my stuff because nothing had you know, nothing had uh, just arrived yet. And um, it was just like every little aspect of life for Trinidad, I had to get used to. I had to get used to, of course, the first thing they would say is that when you're in Trinidad, you got to get used to the heat. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's even from what I've been told, it's even hotter now than it's ever been. But anyhow, I was trying to get used to the heat. I was trying to get used to the way that people spoke or talk to each other, or talk to me. I was trying to get used to the way that uh, certain things were being done, because obviously we're like we're like in a village, right? So it's not like the city, you know. It's it's a different way of life, you know. It's almost country like, but it's you know it's 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 just a different way of life. It's hard to explain as the show goes on, as the existence of this podcast continues. I will better explain what I mean, that it's a different way of life for Trinidad. I mean, it's a different way of life in a lot of different countries, of course, but Trinidad, for me, is what I'm focusing on here, hence the show. But I was I was trying to get to know a lot of, first of all, the, the intricacies, the delicacies of Trinidad. Now, mind you, even at that time, I was already, you know, growing up, you know, as I was born, a Trinidadian, but in Toronto, Canada. And so uh, the food was plentiful. I remember that. Uh, of course, it was nothing really but just Trinidadian food that I was getting. Now I would kill for that every day. But that time, it really made me appreciate what I have now and what I had after leaving Trinidad and even before that. But that's just, this is... That's a reason why I love Trinidad so much, but at the same time, I don't think I could ever live there again, just because, as I've said before, is that, or maybe I did not say this, but I'll say it now, 
the opportunities are plentiful abroad. The education is, I think, the best in Trinidad. It's more strict. It is more no-nonsense. It is like boot camp almost. And someone that um, I've been very close with, you know, just had recently um, had gone to teacher's uh, university. Teacher's, uh, it's not college, but teacher's university. And everything that she had told me that she had gone through sounded like boot camp. Like it was crazy. And you're doing all kinds of stuff. And you're learning to be a documentarian. You're doing documentaries. You're, You're... a filmmaker you're learning how to edit you're you're doing songs you're to, you're putting together some strategic like hardcore lesson plans you're doing like uh, you know stuff with subjects that you're not really trying to get into or trying to um emphasize your skill set on you're trying to you know be like a you know an overall um well-rounded teacher who teaches every subject but it's it's you know and you're you're taking on a lot of subject matter that you normally would not take on as a teacher at least i know anywhere else and i was like damn like well they're very tough very 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 tough but um the opportunities i know as trinidad has advanced obviously they are still behind on certain things uh unfortunately that's why a lot of people, they leave the country or want to leave the country to go abroad to study or to find greener pastures in Canada or the United States. Uh, I've encouraged my loved ones that if you're ever going to go anywhere, come to Canada because we have a long lineage of, you know, this one came up first and this one opened the doors for everybody else. And, you know, this, that, and the third. Again, it's a history I'll get into eventually of my own family history between Canada and Trinidad and Trinidad and Canada. And I encourage people to come up here because, you know, the United States has its ways as well. But I mean, they always say it's the land of opportunity, but I always look at Canada as being the same, especially Toronto being the metropolis of Canada and the Mecca of everything that's wonderful and, you know, great in Canada, I think is Toronto. Again, I personally am tired of the city, but it is what it is. Um, I, not so much the city, like in, in in general, I'm more tired of the behavior of certain people, of course. But Trinidad has a lot of, and a lot of rich education, a very strong, strong background in, in education, in resources, in minerals, in and uh, gas and all kinds of things that they have that are so plentiful, you know, sugar, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of very, very useful things that the rest of the world uses to this day. But unfortunate is when I moved to Trinidad, I then had to learn to adapt to the educational way and the way things were being done back then. Again, this was considered old school. We're talking over 33 plus years ago now. But eventually, as I got more acclimated to Trinidad's way of life, and it became then my way of life, I then found out how strict at the time, again, this is in 87, how the education is strict and how it goes. Once I started to go to school in Trinidad, it was a different story. 
It wasn't like anything I ever learned or ever saw before. You know, over here, um, you know, the teacher might raise their voice a little bit at you, but they would never put their hands on you. In Trinidad, it was like a free-for-all. They would beat you, they would hit you, and they would literally knock some sense into you or knock some sense out of you, depending, in order for you to learn. And that was one of the things that, as I've gotten older, I really respected. But at the same time, you know, nowadays you can't obviously put your hands on another person's child. Otherwise, you know, people are about to come out and play the murder game down if you touch someone else's child. You know, so back then, though, I did take my fair share of licks. I'll be honest. I, um, this one particular black teacher had beaten me senseless because I wasn't learning my times tables and I was crying and bawling. Now you picture a little me. Now me, I'm six foot two. I'm a bad motherfucker. But I'll just say that. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> but anyway, I, um, like I said, I was an introvert because I became especially an introvert when I started trying to get acclimated to Trinidad life and school. When I went to school there, I, um, I along with a few other people, stood out uh, because of, um, you know, I had a lot darker skin back then. You'll see pictures. But I had a lot darker skin back then. But I quickly realized that if you are not a, if you're not a national of Trinidad, as we call it, a citizen of Trinidad, anybody that looks like an outsider will get picked on especially from your own kind. Unfortunately, this is something I will eventually get into as the show goes on. And when I mean my own kind, I mean other brown people, my own brown people. And I went through a lot. Just going through, just going through what I went through in Trinidad, just in the first few months, it was plentiful. It was overwhelming. It really was. It really was overwhelming. And I don't think necessarily my mother was was happy that we were in Trinidad, but I think she was just like, she helped to make that decision, and I had to just live with it. Again, as life went on, I put my foot down on some of those decisions that she would make, but we were there. I started going to school there. I was taking my licks from this one particular teacher, and my stepfather, who... Um, you know, he went by the nickname of Boss. He was a feared, respected individual who was almost like an enforcer where he came from in Trinidad. And I had told him what had happened because now at this point, I became fearful of going to school, period, because I did not want to get beat up anymore by the teachers. And uh, so it wasn't so much anymore that the my fellow classmates were picking on me i ended up making friends pretty quickly especially when i established myself as a tough guy and basically this this street kid from canada that you know you, i'm not one to mess with you know trinidad didn't see nothing like me i'll tell you that and i didn't see nothing like trinidad but we kind of fit like hand in glove eventually when it came to the friend side with the teacher, this one particular teacher, I don't remember what her name is. Uh, she's probably 150,000 years old now. Um, but she beat me senseless. I told my stepfather. My stepfather came down to the school, put the fear of God in her. And the rest was history. That teacher became the sweetest teacher of life to me. 
Speaking of teachers, I'll get into another story about a teacher, um, an Indian teacher that I had, a Trini Indian teacher that I had. Uh, that's a whole other story for another time. But like I said, this is part one. But that uh, my stepfather at the time had put the fear of God into this teacher. Like I said, she was the sweetest thing to me after. I didn't get no more licks. I didn't get no more beats. But it, you know, it, um, it was an eye-opening experience. It really was. Because it was like I might as well have just stayed home and learned to, to, to you know, to, to get my education. Because my mother used to beat me too. Not beat, but she, she used to... Like every West Indian mother or father, especially mother, you know, I was a bit of a badass kid. My mother, I don't know if she really saw, she didn't see a lot of that, but she would spank me. She would hit me. She would slap me like on the arm or the whatever, or she'd hit me with a slipper or something. You know what I mean? So I had that, that tough, you know, West Indian upbringing. You know what I mean? And, um... It's funny enough because now she's like five foot nothing, I think. And now I'm like, I'm like seven foot eight. So anyway, I'm just exaggerating. But the point is, is that I took my fair share of licks when I went to school there. I took my fair share of licks emotionally when I was in Trinidad as well, which is a story I'll get into eventually. But life in Trinidad had begun. And this was what it was. Um, I was there from January of 1987 to I believe it was the end of July of 87 supposed to live there forever but I will end off this segment on that note there is a lot that I remember when I lived in TNT a lot that I remember and going to school there and getting acclimated is one of those things and I'm happy that I'm able to share with you the first part of when I lived in Trinidad, which is going to be a regular segment on this show. So, I know that now that they do things differently. Obviously, you can't put your hands on people's children. You know, the teachers are very strict. One in particular person that is, um, uh, has been close to me uh, is a teacher now. And I had met this particular individual when I was, when we were eight years old. And she's doing well as a teacher, and I'm very happy for her. But uh, it's obvious that things are different, but they're still very strict when it comes to the educational system. She just had went through it as an adult, and I saw firsthand what she was going through. You know, the system can damn near break you because it's that tough. And it makes you want to, like, jump out and just say, fuck it, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. But... The strong survive when it comes to the educational system. And thankfully for her, she survived it. She lasted. She graduated. And the rest was history. And she's now a teacher. Um, but it is a system that is not to be messed with. You can't fuck around when you go to school in Trinidad. When I was there, I lived there. When As I was eight years old and learning my times tables and not getting it, I think a lot of it had to do with out of fear out of the fear of being wrong, because I knew if I was wrong, I was going to get beats, I was going to get licks, which I did, and then eventually it stopped, but um, there's going to be many stories that I will have about going to school in Trinidad, and then there'll be many stories about outside of uh, being outside in Trinidad, being uh, growing up in that house, in my aunt's house, and just the family I had around me, 
and the friends I had around me. But I will end off this segment on a more positive note. I will never forget my time living in Trinidad. It is an experience that I will never forget. It was, I would say, a very... It was a very positive experience, but it was also a negative experience because of not being able to get used to things and, you know, just a certain physical abuse I took at school. <laughs> but anyway, having said that, we're going to be back for our third and final segment. That was when I lived in Trinidad, January 1987 to forever, part one. We'll be back after these messages, a word from our sponsor. Be back here with TFE Radio Trinidad. Episode 2. Why Amazon's Audible? Amazon's Audible content includes more than 180,000 audio programs from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Be sure to use our unique URL at www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio to get started today. Oh gosh, I'm back all you. We're back for segment three. Yes, I said three. <laughs> we are back for segment three, our final segment to close off this week's episode of TFE Radio Trinidad. All things Trinidad. And again, let's not forget Tobago. You know, I've been to Tobago before. I'll give you a story about Tobago uh, some other time, but I'll tell you, I've been to Tobago once in my entire life. And it is a beautiful, beautiful place. It's a part of Trinidad. For those of you who are listening and you don't know too much about Trinidad, again, you don't have to be West Indian or Trinidadian to listen to this show. You can learn a lot. I would say that Tobago is the Trinidadian version of us having Montreal. There you go. That's the best way I could put it. Tobago is like Montreal. And Trinidad is like Toronto, you know, so that's the way I would best put it. If someone's like, well, how come nobody really talks about Tobago? Well, it's because, you know, it's kind of like how Montreal is. We, we Montreal is rich with history, just like Tobago is. But Tobago is some, it, it, it's, 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 all, it's almost like a world onto its own. But um, again, we have a long shelf life with this show, so I will get into Tobago and my trip uh, back in 95 to Tobago for a few days. And, uh, you know, shout out to all the people in Tobago. We are not forgetting you. You are part of Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago. But anyhow, I hope that you're listening and enjoying this show to this point. I have held your attention to this point and, you know, you, the listener, you're very important. Otherwise, this show doesn't exist. And again, I want to say thank you to those of you who have donated, who have liked, shared, subscribed, who have followed us on social media, who have, you know, followed me on Instagram in particular. I've seen a good few of you, uh, new faces I've never seen before following me as well. And it is just a pleasure to speak to you all finally and just really be my Trini self with all of you. You know, as I said, you might hear the um, the twang, the slang, the, um, the, 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 the accent come out, you know. But I mean, I am Trinidadian. I'm Trinidad bone. I'm very proud of that, as I've said before. And I wanted to get into my third and final segment here by bringing to you the second week, because I started it last week, 
of the segment I like to call Trini Food Craving of the Week. Now, again, for those of you who are non-Trinidadian, I will try to put this in a, as great a perspective as possible with the best words I could use, okay? Now, we're describing food in an audio platform, so I'm going to do my best to really relate this to you, the listener, who are not familiar with what I'm about to say is my food craving of the week. So I mentioned to you life in Trinidad a moment ago in the second the second segment. So, and one of the things that I first experienced having lived in Trinidad and of course the subsequent uh, trips afterwards, years later, that I would be doing for a good couple of years at a time. The one thing amongst all of the cravings that I have right now when it comes to Trinidadian food, and you're going to be shocked, some of you, is not so much a Trinidadian dish, but it is a Trinidadian staple. It is a Trinidad, if you're living there, like iconic piece of food to have. And it is the go-to if you don't feel like cooking, if you don't feel like doing anything else, if you don't feel like going out. You could order in now, especially with what's happening. But you can always go because it's an experience unto itself. KFC. That's right. Trinidad KFC, though. Not just any kind of KFC. Not Toronto KFC. Not United States KFC. Not England KFC, not anywhere else KFC. Trinidad KFC is my Trini food craving of the week. And why? Because the Trinidad KFC, the KFCs in Trinidad, they have the best KFC on the planet, bar none. Boom, there it is. There it is. I'm done. Okay, good night, everyone. No, <laughs> no. They have the best KFC. The chicken itself is so flavorful. It's like chicken crack, okay? It's like crack. Like, you know, you get hooked on it. Now, it is so delicious. It's so, it's it's like white meat, uh, just chunky pieces. I, I think I mentioned this before uh, last week. I like my um, my meat, especially chicken, to be chunky pieces with less bone in it. Um, I got plenty bone of my own, you know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> by the way, I'm Trinidadian, so you might hear a crass little sexual joke here and there, so get used to it. I'm going to fuck suck my dick. So anyway, the point is, um, the, the chunky pieces, it, it very much exists in the KFC. The KFC that I have here in Toronto, while there is like white meat, it's very chunky, it's very flavorful, it's very hearty. It's good and all, but it's not like how it is in Trinidad. I, you know, people, friends, family, you know, loved ones have come here to come from Trinidad to Toronto and have literally tried to smuggle and have successfully done so. Shh, don't tell nobody. Um, the KFC because they wanted to bring it over for me or they wanted to actually snack on it on the plane or whatever the case may be because they knew that they were not going to get the best KFC on the planet unless they were going back to Trinidad or they were staying in Trinidad. The, the meat is so flavorful. It's spiced a different kind of way. 
It has a nice little better kick to it. It's not as oily as it is with the KFC here in Toronto or anywhere else. It is just very hearty. It's delicious. It's downright almost good for you health-wise. And it is so delicious. Like the taste, like my mouth is watering right now, thinking and talking about it. It just, it tastes so good. Especially if you get the wings and the drumstick. Oh my lord. Oh my lord. You will want to slap your mama for this type of KFC. It is so good. And the, like I've always said this, even the ketchup, even the KFC ketchup in Trinidad tastes better. I, I don't know what it is. It just tastes so good. The chicken itself is just to die for. The ketchup with it is to die for. Then we have, I told you I was going to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly, and this is the great of Trinidad, is the KFC in Trinidad. The sides, the aloo salad, I would call it. I always call it aloo salad. And if you're not Trinidadian, aloo is potato. Um, but the potato salad, the coleslaw, you know, the, the biscuits, everything. Everything is just wonderful. It's so much more plentiful, much more hearty, much more delicious. has a better kick to it. You know, I don't know how... I'm going to do some investigating when I go down to Trinidad eventually. When I go and visit family and friends. I'm going to go to the KFC and I'm going to pin somebody to the wall and say, How do you make this? And can I bring all of it back with me? <laughs> I'm going to investigate and find out how they do it and why they do it differently. Because if I am the owner, if I am the the if I am the head honcho of KFC worldwide, I would be thanking Trinidad. I would be giving them medals, honors, a gang of money, all kinds of shit because they prepare now, I haven't had it anywhere else, but I can guarantee you right now, I will not enjoy it as much as I enjoy it in Trinidad. Trinidad KFC is the best. I even follow them on Instagram. They have KFC TT on uh, Instagram. I follow them and I just look at the food and I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting, I'm getting obscenely excited right now. This is wrong. <laughs> but the KFC there is so delicious. You will really, really want to continue to go back. The experience, I know a lot of people, especially now, but when I used to visit Trinidad and when I lived in Trinidad, the, the, the jam was to sit there and, and, and enjoy your KFC and enjoy the drink. Even the soft drinks tasted better to me. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is. It just tasted better. Everything just tasted so much better. I think they really take their time. And you know, and I think that's, I think I just solved, I just solved something here. I just solved a part of the question. Why it's prepared better because one thing you will know whether you're trinidadian or not listening to this show and i will tell you straight up agree to disagree whatever the case i'm sure most of you will agree with me all trinidadians all self-respecting trinidadians take great pride pleasure and most of all amongst those time in preparing their food and I think that's why the KFC in Trinidad is so well prepared because people there really take their time. It's like they're almost home cooking, even though you're doing it for a franchise. That's why. I think I just solved my own, my own uh, question. I think I just answered my own question there. There you go. Because every self-respecting Trinidadian carefully prepares their food and it is always top-notch level. And KFC... 
I guess people there, it looks like people there take great pride in preparing this food because you are serving the public. You know, everyone from the doubles man to the bakery truck to the fish man, everybody is preparing their stuff with the utmost care because this is food. And one of the biggest things and one of the most incredible and most amazing things about Trinidad is the food. The food. Even the fast food joints down there, everything is prepared with care. KFC, Trinidad, prepared to the utmost umpteenth degree of care and love. And I just answered my own question. So how you like that? There, we solved something together. But yes, the KFC in Trinidad is top-notch, top-level. If you ever visit Trinidad eventually when the borders open... Or those of you who have already, or you live there, you visited there, or you lived there and you, you went back, or whatever the case, the first thing any self-respecting Trinidadian does, especially if, again, if you're not Trinidadian and you've gone there, or you know someone's Trinidadian, or you're related, or whatever the case may be, you must always seek out and go and look. You know how they always say, oh, when you come down, come and look for me, right? Well, you have to come and look for the, for the KFC down there. It is to die for, you will, I know I sound a little fruity when I say that, but that doesn't matter. You have to seek out the KFC in Trinidad. Go and look for it. There is, I think, there is quite a few KFCs now in Trinidad. I mean, it's been a while, but I know that uh, my loved ones have told me that, you know, they've ordered it, you know, they, it's delivered now. I, I don't know how it is now. I think it is still the same with the pandemic, but um, I think it's just a little bit longer of a wait. But um, there is a KFC on, on almost every few blocks, if if not more. But you'll, you'll be hard-pressed to not find one. Go in or order ahead of time, whatever the case, however it is now, or when the borders open up and everything's settled with this pandemic, you can go in, yam some KFC, and you tell me, is it not to die for? It is tremendous food and is good eating and you, you, need to f- you need to fuel up on the KFC and then you can go and knock about after and you will have your stomach thanking you your brain thanking you, your palate thanking you, and it just it it just it just tastes so great. It it really does. You will literally because you know again, self-respecting Trinidadians, especially when it comes to chicken or any type of meat, you leave and you will notice this. For then again, those of you who are not Trinidadian, but those of you who are Trinidadian, again, you will agree with me. You. Leave no meat on a bone, especially chicken. You know when you have a West Indian, when you have a Trinidadian on your hands, when you look at how they consume the meat off the bone of chicken, of goat, lamb, duck, you will see that there is no meat that has not been devoured. It is literally carcass. True story. True thing. I'm telling you. Anyhow, that's it for the trendy food craving of the week. KFC TNT, shout outs and big ups to them. Go and seek it out. And for those of you who are coming to visit me, whether you hear this show and you don't know me or you don't know me yet, or those of you who do know me, smuggle me some KFC, please. Thank you. Okay.
anyway <laughs> that's it for now everybody i am done another show in the books that was episode two we are done we're gonna come back next saturday for episode three of tfe radio trinidad i have fun doing this show i I had fun doing this show this particular episode i have fun doing all the shows but i just i love trinidad and it is the greatest country on the planet if it's given a chance to better itself of course but it is one of the greatest countries period on the planet and I, I strongly suggest that you do your homework and you look more into uh, Trinidad and everything to do with it. And it is a place that you definitely need to go to vacation. It's like a lot of Trinidadians I see online now saying, I've, you know, I live where you vacation. And I think, that, I think that's such a, a wicked statement as I'm almost knocking over my mic, my mic here. Um, I'm so excited to talk about Trinidad. But yeah. Go and seek out a travel package or something. Eventually, when the borders open up and, and the gates open and people are traveling again and everything is back to normal, I strongly, highly suggest that you book a flight to Trinidad and take in all the sights and sounds. You don't have to just go for Carnival in February. Go for at any time. Go for any time. I think one of these days... When the time comes, I want to go for Diwali. Diwali's coming up. And um, I just want to say ahead of time, because we're about a week away from Diwali, I will say an early happy Diwali to all my fellow Hindus in Trinidad and all over the world who are Trinidadian or who are just Hindus. doesn't matter if you're, you're, you're Pakistani, you're Sri Lankan, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, Bengali or whatever the case may be. You're Hindu. Happy Diwali, and I will be back here again next week on Diwali, actually. So I will make the time to definitely come back and speak to all of you. And I hope that you all have a great week. Stay safe. Please continue to practice your social distancing. Don't go out to look out to, uh, to, to go and knock about, because you know we can't be doing that right now. And to all my loved ones and my family in Trinidad, in particular, a few certain individuals, I love you guys. I love you. Uh, and, and just know that I ride with you. I die with you. And uh, it is what it is, man. Trinidad is the best country on the planet, if given the chance. And if they could just also improve themselves, like every country should. Canada has a lot of improvement to do, as well as the United States. You know, um, everywhere else on the world. But there is no place like TNT. And like David Rudder says in that little quick clip at the beginning of the show, welcome to Trinidad. We'll be back here next week. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>